Welcome to our Bible teaching for today. We're going to be starting a, a new series tonight. We're going to talk about the realm of God. And I, I want us to really begin to open our understanding and to begin to see some amazing things as we begin to recognize and understand the, the heavenly realm, the realm of God. And what happens when the, the realm of God comes into contact with the natural world? And uh, so we're going to, this series, we're going to explore some things. We're going to really look into the Word of God. And I want you to begin to understand that there's more than just a natural world. There's more than just a natural realm. Uh, we, we are more than just natural beings. And so often um, we are naturally minded. Our minds are just so limited to this realm. Uh, and, but we're going to look into the Word of God, and I'm going to help you to understand some things and help expand your understanding and your, poss your, your, your realization of what's possible when the realm of God, the heavenly realm, the heavenlies, comes into contact with the natural world. So let's just begin to look at some things. And I, I, be I believe God wants us to, to walk in far more than we're walking in and experiencing. But we place limitations. Our natural mind limits God. Uh, so we're going to look a little bit about how the natural mind, the natural way of thinking uh, is not the way we, God wants us to think. Uh, and if we would begin to think the way he thinks, think, think according to the, the kingdom of God and the heavenly kingdom and the realm of God, then we will begin to step into some amazing things that I believe God's calling us into. So anyway, let's, let's just talk about a few things here. Now, we don't have to look at these particular verses, uh, the, the first couple I'm going to refer to. But in Exodus chapter 3, Moses is, is walking along one day. And uh, suddenly he, 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 he looks and there's a bush. There's a burning bush. It's on fire. Uh, you know, when at first glance, it might not seem too strange. Hello, everybody. I'm seeing the greetings. Hello, Elise, Martina, Diana, and the others. Anyway, Mo Moses is walking along and he sees this bush and it's on fire. And as he takes a closer look, he realizes that th this is not a normal fire. The, it, the bush is not burning up and, and it's not lighting. The bushes around it are not catching light. He begins to realize there's something different about this fire. This is, this not, it's not natural. It's not just the normal thing you see in the natural world. Just imagine for a moment, you know, I've tried to do this with some other manifestations and the miraculous in the Bible. Imagine for a moment, this is happening in your garden. Okay. So often we read things in the Bible and words on a page and we think, oh yeah, Moses saw a burning bush, you know, ha ha, what's next? Okay. This, this is spectacular. Imagine walking out into your garden one morning and you know, there's a tree or a bush in your garden and it's on fire. But you realize the bush isn't burning. There's nothing happening. It's, the fire's there. It's visible. But it's, it's not burning. The fire's not spreading. Uh, that would be quite, quite a sight to see. Quite spectacular. See, where did that fire come from? What, what's going on here? This is not the natural world. It's happening in the natural world. But it's coming from the realm of God. This is when the natural world and the heavenly world are coming into contact, causing something to happen in the natural world that's beyond natural law. Uh, and and the, the miracles we've been talking about in, in the last few months, 
This is what happens when the heavenly realm, the realm of God, comes into contact with the natural world. It begins to supersede the laws of nature. Uh, you know, gravity, we're so bound by natural law. We, you know, the laws of gravity, the laws of science, the laws of mathematics, uh, you know, and, and people, well, you know, gravity, we're all, we're all bound by it. And, you know, gravity just holds us all on the planet. It didn't seem to hold Jesus on the planet when he ascended up on high, after he was raised from the dead, right in front of their eyes. The disciples are looking at Jesus and he just begins to lift off the ground. He doesn't have a jet engine or a jet pack underneath him. He doesn't have wings. He doesn't, he's not flying an airplane. He just, the law of gravity just stops applying to him. And he just goes up and up and up and up. And the, the Bible says they watched him ascend all the way into the clouds. What, what happened? The realm of God came to contact with the natural world, causing natural law to be suspended for a moment. The, the, the law of gravity no longer applied to Jesus. He was visible in the natural world. He was here, but he wasn't bound by the natural laws. See, this is what happened. The realm of God is a higher realm. And the miraculous happens when, the, when the, the heavenly realm comes into contact with this world. Same thing happened when, when, Jesus, when Jesus was walking on water. He wasn't bound by natural law for that period of time. He was in the natural, but he wasn't bound by natural law. The miracles in the Bible are beyond natural law. And this is what happens when the realm of God comes into contact with the natural world. And that's why I'm doing a series on the realm of God. I want to begin to expand your, your thinking. I want to begin to show you part of the reason why we, we don't experience this much in our lives. I'm going to show you some answers in the Bible. We're going to show you. There's some things God wants us to see. See, I'm doing this series on, I've been talking about miracles for quite a while now, and, and I'm, I'm keeping at it, I'm keeping at it, I'm keeping at it, because God wants us to step into some things. And with the foundation we've already laid so far, the series is going to open your eyes in some areas as to why so many people struggle to step into the, the realm of the miraculous and experience the realm of God in their lives. You know, think about another instance in the Bible. Uh, one day, Elisha, Elisha is, you know, in, in the city with his servant and they wake up one morning and they look outside and all around the city is an enemy army surrounding them. And, and Elisha is not that worried, but his servant is sweating, he's panicking. Oh, he's like, what are we going to do? And, and, and Elisha turns to his servant, he says, don't worry, there's more with us than, again, than are with them. And I can just see that this the the servant, he's kind of like one, two, one, two, three, four, five, six. I can't even count how many soldiers there are. And there's two of us. What do you mean there's more that's with us? And Elijah prayed and he said, God, open his eyes. And the Bible says the servant's eyes were opened and he saw chariots of fire, chariots and horses of fire surrounding them, a vast army that wasn't there a moment before, as far as he could see. Where did that army come from? It's, it was in the heavenlies. It was in the realm of God. Where did that fire come from that was burning that bush that Moses saw? It came from the realm of God. These instances in the Bible are, are times when the realm of God came into contact with the natural world. 
And, and there's beings in that realm. There is a heavenly realm. But so often we're not aware of it. So often most Christians live their lives very unaware of the realm of God, very naturally minded. And I'm going to show you through today's teaching that it is our, it, 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 us being naturally minded is a, one of the major obstacles that's stopping us moving into some of the things that God's got for us. There's some things I want you to see. I want you to begin to realize that in order to step more into the realm of God and flow and function more in that realm, we have this, something's got to change in our thinking. The natural mind, the Bible says the natural mind is not subject to the law of God. It's enmity with God. The more natural we think, the less we will function in the realm of God. And this is keeping, it's, it's a barrier that's keeping a lot of Christians out. Many times we, we're so naturally minded, we can't see the possibilities. We cannot understand some things. Now I'm rushing ahead of myself, but I'm going to give you scriptures on this in a moment. So let's, well, let's do it right away. John chapter 3. I want you to look at a couple of people that Jesus spoke to and, and some of the interaction between Jesus and these people. And I want you to begin to realize what's going on. And you're going to see Christians in these discussions. We're going to see our responses, the, some of the things Jesus said, the way we respond to some of the things that God says. And it'll, make, it'll help you understand why we're not stepping into some things in some areas. This, the, the, what I'm talking about here right now is one of the major reasons we're not experiencing miracles. Okay, and, and it's a it's a barrier. It's hindering us. It's one of the major reasons some Christians are not ex experiencing healing, answer prayer, provision, because their natural mind is limiting what God is able to do in their lives. So let's look at this. Let's do this line upon line as a teacher. We'll go through this, but get a hold of the see what the word of God is showing us here. And John chapter three, verse 12, this is, this is the, the, the key verse I want us to start on, but we're gonna look through the whole of John three in just a minute. John three in verse 12, Jesus says, says something quite interesting. He's, he says this, if I have told you earthly things, now I've underlined that phrase, earthly things or natural things, things of the earth, things of the natural world, if I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? Heavenly things. Notice here Jesus is referring to two different types of things. He's talking about it, natural things, earthly things, and heavenly things. Because there are two different types of things. <laughs> there are matters of the natural world. There's natural law. There's natural things. And there are heavenly things. Heavenly things are not bound by natural law. Heavenly things are not limited to the law of gravity and the laws of science and the laws of mathematics and any other natural law. Okay, Our mind is limited to those natural things. But the heavenly realm is a different realm entirely. There's more than one realm. See, most Christians... This pile of meat here, this flesh body, is, 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 is more real to them than the things of God. And, and this, is why, this is why, and we, we'll talk about this at some point, this is why people are so afraid of dying. They're so afraid of death. The Bible talks about the fear of death. You look at, you look at the writers of the New Testament. It was very real to them that there is life after death. 
It wasn't just a part of the doctrine of their church. It was real to them. Paul said, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. He understood when I die, I'm just stepping over. My life's not coming to an end. And, and, and Peter talked about, I'll just put this earthly tent aside and we'll just go on to the next bit. <laughs> it was very real to them that the realm of God, eternity, is very real. But this is, it's not like this with many Christians. We, we are so caught up in our lives, our natural lives. And this is why Jesus said, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about the food you're going to wear, the clothes you're going to wear. He says, seek the kingdom. Seek the, seek the things that pertain to the realm and the kingdom of God. All these natural things will take care of themselves. But you see, we get caught up in the natural world. We think this is all there is to it. Now, at the back of our minds, we know one day in the sweet bar and bar of Jesus. But for now, all we think is natural. But we haven't got a we haven't got a vision. We haven't got a hold of. We haven't begun to see heavenly things. And it's a lack of vision. It's our lack of comprehension of the realm of God that is limiting what God can do in our lives. I'm going to give you scripture for this. This is this is a major thing. We need to catch a vision of eternity. Get a vision. The reality of the fact that there's more than one realm. This needs to become real to us. The Bible talks about the heavenlies. The heavenly places. Jesus here talked about heavenly things. In fact, let me ask you this question. Where are you right now? Where are you sitting? Well, me, my palamitia, this flesh and bo bone body is sitting in my lounge. In the natural, I'm sitting in my lounge. But the Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, that we are seated with Christ, where? In the heavenly places. That word heavenlies, heavenly places, same word used in John 3, where Jesus said there are heavenly things. There are matters of heavenly importance. There's heavenly issues. There's heavenly places. So I'm in two places right now. I'm here in, in, in my natural lounge, but the Bible says I'm in heavenly places. I'm seated with Christ. That's not just authority. That's a position. It tells you where in heavenly places. We are part of that realm. We are part of the realm of God. And, 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 and we're spirit beings. The spirit of God lives on the inside of us. We're the temple. We're the dwelling place of God. We are in contact with the realm of God. Things like faith. See, many Christians cannot understand how, you know, how exactly if I speak to cancer, how is that cancer going to disappear? Because it doesn't make sense to the natural mind. Every, you see, in the natural, you know, you don't learn at school about how if you talk to things, they'll obey you. No, these are heavy matters. See, in school, we're taught the, the limitations of the natural. So when you try to teach someone the, the, the principles of faith and the power of words, so they try to understand it through a natural mind. They cannot see how their words have any impact upon any, everything. But the Bible tells us faith is of the heart. Now, Romans 2 says the heart is the spirit. Your faith is a quality of your spirit. It's not a natural force. It comes out of the spirit. 
And when you begin to speak words, those words are using heavenly principles to affect the natural world. But a lot of Christians cannot comprehend this because they're so naturally minded, they cannot see how those principles will make any difference. And this is why they're struggling to get things to work in their life, because they're seeing it all from the natural perspective. Let's look at what happens here in John 3. I want you to see, let's look at the context of this discussion that Jesus is having here. And, and most of us have heard this. Jesus is talking in John 3 to Nicodemus, and they're talking about the new birth. Now, I'm not going to talk about the new birth yet, but I want to see something in this discussion. That, that you're going to relate to. And you're going to see this pattern that happens more than once with people Jesus talks to. And, and it's something we need to see. Because we are doing exactly what Nicodemus did. We do it all the time. A lot of Christians do this. And this is why they're struggling with the things of God. So in John 3, we've read this. Jesus talks about earthly things and heavenly things. Let's go back up to verse 1 of John 3. And let's look at the whole discussion. What's going on here. Uh, as I said, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus. And in verse 2, Nicodemus comes to Jesus and said, Well, we know you're a teacher from God. And you do these signs, God's with you. And Jesus, in verse 3, says to Nicodemus, Jesus just jumps right in there. And Jesus says this, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, to us these days, we've heard this term born again, the new birth. We're familiar with it. Nicodemus had never heard this before. It was new to him. And Jesus talks to Nicodemus about being born again. And all of a sudden, Nicodemus, he scratches his head. He, he, you can almost hear his mind ticking. He's puzzled about what Jesus says. See, and, and, and he looks and he, he says to Jesus in verse 4, how? How can a man be born when he's old? Uh, can he enter in the second time into his mother's womb and be born? What's going on here? Jesus is not talking natural here to Nicodemus. But Nicodemus takes everything Jesus said and he filters it through his natural mind and tries to understand it in a natural context. He, Jesus talks about being born again. Nicodemus says, well, how can that happen? I don't see how that can happen. How do you go back into your mother's womb and pop out a second time? He's thinking natural. It's because his natural mind cannot see heavenly things. Many Christians are right there. God says things to them. God says, I'll meet your needs. And they look at their bank balance. They look at their salary. And they think to themselves, I don't see how God, how this can happen. You're doing exactly what Nicodemus did. We're trying to filter heavenly things through a natural mind that is restricted and limited by natural law. And therefore, we cannot see the possibilities of what can happen when the realm of God comes into contact with the natural world. So Nicodemus is puzzled. I don't see how it can happen. Anyway, the discussion, that's verse 4. He says, how can that happen? And, and it, the discussion goes on. Jesus tries to explain it to him. And in verse 9, Nicodemus does the same thing. He, he, his question is exactly the same. Was, how? How, how can this be? 
He's puzzled over what Jesus is saying. Notice both times he's saying, how can that happen? How? I've highlighted how can, because both times he says that. How can that happen? Is, why, why is he struggling? Jesus is talking heavenly things. Nicodemus is hearing and filtering it and trying to understand it as earthly things. And he's missing what Jesus is saying. He's not getting it. He's struggling to get a hold of it. See, spiritual concepts don't make sense to the natural mind. In fact, in Corinthians, Paul said the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. The natural man can't comprehend. Now, you see, we become Christians and we're supposed to understand and have our hearts open to spiritual truths. But many Christians are stuck on many spiritual truths because their mind is still thinking natural. They can't comprehend cancer disappearing like that. They look at it and say, well, that would be nice. I'd love to see cancer disappear like that. But their natural mind settles back and they think, I don't think it's ever going to happen really in my life. They can't comprehend God multiplying food right in front of them. Because that goes against the natural mind. Oh, yes, they go get excited and go, oh, I'd love to see that miracle. But when in reality, when they are facing lack in their lives, they can't see a miracle happening. All they do, they look at their bank balance, look at their salary, and they do like Nicodemus. How? How, could, how can God meet my needs? Well, I believe him anyway. No, you're limiting him to the natural. Because you have no comprehension of the realm of God and what happens when the realm of God comes into contact with the natural world. Now, we're going to expand on this, but I want, you, I want you to see the limitations. Many Christians cannot comprehend walking on water. They can't comprehend beings just appearing out of nowhere. I'm not talking fiction here. Go read your Bible. When We've really talked about when Jesus ascended up into heaven. I mean, they just watched him float up. Oh, I don't know how fast he went. I don't know if it was slow. And they just began. I got, their jaws must have gone. He's floating. I'm not talking levitation. He just went up. He just kept going up, 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 up. The Bible says all the way into the clouds. And while they're looking up, the Bible says two, two men appeared next to them. Where'd they come from? They came from the realm of God. Suddenly, two, the, the group had two, two extra people in it. Two extra people standing right there. They look at them and where'd you come from? <laughs> Can you imagine right here? Can you imagine I'm sitting here teaching and suddenly there's another person sitting right next to me and you all look at, where do you come from? It's not camera tricks, it's the realm of God. It's possible. There's beings in that realm. They just appearing in this realm. Jesus did that after he was raised from the dead. The Bible says the disciples were in the room, the doors were locked and suddenly Jesus is there. Where do you come from? <laughs> but most people can't, they, they look at that in awe like, oh, wow, that's a, that's a sign and a wonder. But they've got no comprehension. It's not real to them that that can happen. They can't see that happening in their lives. They can't, they have no comprehension. That, that the, what happens when the realm of God comes into contact with the natural world? Uh, so often our minds cannot see beyond the natural. We cannot see what will happen when divine law, heavenly law, overrides natural law and causes things to happen in this world? 
If you if you want to walk more in the things of God, the natural mind, we've got to take limitations off. A lot of the limitations that we place on God are because we're naturally minded. And give you scripture for this as we go. But let's that was John 3 we were looking at. Let's go to the next chapter, John 4, because you see the exact same thing happen in John 4. In John 4, Jesus is talking to the woman by the well. And well, I won't read the whole discussion. It's not the primary study today, but I want you to look at part of what happened here. John chapter 4, verse 10. Jesus is talking to this woman. It says, Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. So basically, Jesus put this in and rephrase this, paraphrase this. Jesus said, if you knew who I was, you'd be asking me for a drink and I will give you water, living water. I'm going to have some water. Now, Jesus says, I'll give you living water. Now, notice what happens in verse 11. This woman scratches her head. Let's think through what's happening. She's puzzled. She, she looks at Jesus. And she thinks to herself, he doesn't have a bucket. He, he's got, he, you know, and she looks at the well. And she looks down the well. She says, that well's really deep. He doesn't have a ladder. He doesn't have a bucket. How? Is he going to get any water? And so she comes back at him with the question. The woman said to him, Sir, you've got nothing to draw with. And the well is deep. Where, do, where then do you get this living water you speak of? <laughs> What's happening here? Her natural mind is trying to figure out what he says on natural terms. She, she's not understanding. He's talking heavenly things here. But her natural mind is trying to fit it all together in a way that she can comprehend it on a natural level. And she concludes it doesn't make any sense. How can he give me water? That's just like Nicodemus, a chapter before. How can you go back in the mum's womb and pop out a second time? What are these people trying to do? They're trying to understand the word of God and what Jesus is saying, heavenly things, with a natural mind. This, this is why people struggle with many of the things in the Bible. The principles of faith. This is why there's such opposition to, to the principles of faith, speaking words of faith. You look at Jesus. Jesus rebuked storms. He, he, he rebuked demons. He spoke to sickness and disease, and disease did not heal. Spoke to a fig tree. But people these days, oh, yeah, that was Jesus. But, you know, we can't do that. But what they're trying to do is they're trying to explain it naturally. They're trying to fit it into a natural mind that they can comprehend it because they cannot understand the, the heavenly realm, the realm of God, and what happens when that realm comes into contact with the natural world. That's why people try to explain away the Bible, try to explain away things in the Bible. Even Christians do this. There's so many Christians that are naturally minded that they've got no comprehension of the realm of God. But there's some things that God wants us to step into. I've, I've been saying this for months now. There are things that God is wanting the church 
believers, the body of Christ to step into. Romans chapter 8 talks about a day when the sons of God will be revealed on the earth. And the glory that's in us will be revealed. God is leading us to that time. But in order for that, that to happen, we have got to become more heavenly minded. We've got to learn to let go of the shackles on the limitations of the natural mind. And when you're doing natural things and you're doing DIY and you're doing your job, you've got to think naturally. But when it comes to the things of God, we've got to learn to become heavenly minded. You've got to see beyond just the natural world and the natural limitations. Here's a scripture in the Bible where Jesus is talking and he, he refers to the God of Abraham, the God of, the, I think he, he might have said Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And, and then he says this, he says, God is not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living. And the Bible says all of them were shocked because they, they, what Jesus was basically saying was, Abraham's still alive. <laughs> Isaac, they're all still alive. Because he's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he's not the God of the dead. He's the God of the living, so they must be alive. They couldn't comprehend it. They were shocked. See, that's why I say death. That's just stepping over into the heavenly realm. It's just walking over into the realm of God. We'll talk about this more. What happened to Enoch? Enoch walked so close to God, the Bible says one day he just stepped right on over. He went from natural, next minute he's in, this, he's in the realm of God. He just disappears out of this realm. <laughs> There's more than one realm. This natural world is not all there is to it. If you're a Christian, you have to believe this because God, the Bible says God's invisible. He's spirit. He's not in this world. I mean, he's everywhere in that sense, but in the sense of who he is, the realm of God, there's another realm entirely. It's the realm where heaven is, but it's not real to us. And that's why we struggle to function in that realm and to be a vessel for the realm of heaven to touch this earth. We begin to get it, begin to see it. We begin to get a hold of the possibilities. What can happen when, when we, we are filled with the Spirit of God? We are the connection between these two realms. We're natural, but we've got God inside of us. God's put his spirit on the inside of us. What happens when the natural and the spiritual realm connect? Throughout the Bible, you see miracles. You see the manifestation of God. That's what happened through Jesus. He carried the heavenly presence in his life. And things happened through him. But it's not real to a lot of Christians. It needs to become more real to us. We need to get a vision of the realm of God. We need to get a vision and, and begin to see there's more than just the natural. And what is possible, not just through certain ministers up in the pulpit, through every single one of you who are listening. Amen? Let's look at some other scriptures here. I want to show you some things. John 6. Now, we've looked at John 3, John 4. Now we're in John 6. You, you're going to notice a bit of a theme going through the book of John here. John 6, similar thing happens. Now, Jesus is not talking to an individual here. He's talking to a group of people. John 6, verse 31 says this. Our fathers ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven. Now, notice that. Excuse me. Notice that phrase from heaven. 
You're going to notice it keeps coming into this passage from heaven, from heaven, from heaven. See, Jesus is trying to talk to them about heavenly things in this passage. But what I want you to notice is their reaction, how they react to the heavenly things that he says. They can't comprehend it. They struggle with it. This is where many Christians are at. This is why they, this is why they, they can't see God meeting their needs. They can't see God healing them. They're just they're, they're natural. Anyway, he, he says he gave them bread from heaven. Verse 32, then Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. So Jesus is talking about the bread from heaven. Uh, verse 33, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven. He's talking about bread coming down from heaven and gives life to the world. Now we know what Jesus said next, but just, just read this and catch what's going on here. So Jesus is talking about bread from heaven, bread from God. And notice how the crowd responds. This is really funny. Then they said to him, Lord, give, give us bread always. I, I think they honestly believe, they, they, they thought he was going to give them a loaf of bread. <laughs> They're thinking natural. They're like, bread, he's talking food, bread, give us this bread. We want to have a meal right now. Okay, and, and then Jesus, then Jesus takes it on to the next level and says this, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger and he who believes in me shall never thirst. And, in, and I'm not going to read every verse, but verse 38, he talks about, I have come down from heaven. This is constant. Where did he come from? Down from heaven, from another realm, not the natural realm, came from the heavenlies, the realm of God. But he's talking about, I've come down from heaven. I'm the bread. Notice verse 41. Then the Jews complained about him. Are they happy? Are they excited that he's the bread come down from heaven? He's not talking natural things. Yet. He's not talking about a loaf of bread. He's talking heavenly things. But the crowd doesn't get it. They don't like it. They say, it says they complained about him because he said, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. They're not very happy, are they? And then it says, verse 42, they said, they scratched their head. They do the same thing. Just like, just like Nicodemus did when Jesus said, you're going to be born again. And he's trying to figure out, does that mean you're going to pop back into your mother's womb and pop back out again? Just like, and he's, he's like, how can it be? Trying to understand it all naturally. And then you've got, the woman, the wells, Jesus said, I'll give you water. And she scratches her head and she says, how are you going to get water to me? You've got no water, nothing to draw water out of the well with. She's thinking naturally. This crowd does the same thing. Jesus said, I'm the bread that came down from heaven. They complained about it. In verse 42, they said, they scratched their heads. Isn't this Jesus, Joseph's son? Isn't this Joseph's kid? We know his mom and dad. And then they said, how? It's the same question again. How is it that he says, I came down from heaven? What's going on here? They can only see the natural. They can only comprehend what Jesus is saying from a natural perspective. They can't understand it in terms of heavenly things. Their natural mind is governing them and restricting them to the natural world. 
Now, these are not miracles going on here, but I want you to, I'm going to show you in a minute, this affects the miraculous. But many Christians are stuck in this place. Things that God says, that God says in his word, Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches. According, notice that, according to his riches where? In glory, in the natural world. According to his riches in the realm of God. When people look at their bank balance, they look at their salary, they look at their lack and they think, I don't see how, how can that happen? Well, God says, you, I'm your healer, you, you're healed. And people go to the doctor, they hear, I'm not saying it's wrong to go to the doctor, go to the doctor, don't have a problem with that. But they look at the doctor's report, they look at, they go, go Google it and they look up and says, this condition is incurable. And then they, they, they begin to realize, I just don't see how I can get out of this wheelchair. I don't see how my legs can grow. I don't see how missing organs can just appear in my body. Because everything in the natural tells me that can't happen. You know, my doctor said, <laughs> my doctor said, I've I got this condition for life. Well, the heavenly realm says otherwise. But if you want to limit your life to the natural world, if you don't want, if you want to become restricted to what the natural says, that's your choice. Or you can get a vision of a heavenly realm. You can get a, an understanding of how to use heavenly principles to affect the natural world and bring about change in the natural world. Faith is not a natural force. The, the anointing of God is not a natural force. It's not restricted by the natural. It's not restricted by what the natural says can and can't happen. The realm of God can split an ocean in half, violating every natural law if necessary to do so. There's a place in the Bible where, where a man was chopping wood and, and his axe, the iron axe head, came flying off the axe and it went in the water. It sank. And he looks at the prophet and he says, I borrowed that axe from a friend and it's broken. The Bible says the prophet, I think he took a leaf. I can't remember. He took a leaf and he threw it on the water. And the Bible says that it was iron made of solid iron axe. Just floated up in the water. And he just reached up, picked it up. There it was. Put the axe back together and got on with his job. There's no great spectacular thing about it. But iron floated. That's not natural. That's... What happens when the realm of God comes into contact with the natural? And it happened through, through in that case, the prophet. We're the, we're the sons of God. You, me. Bible says we're sons of God. And the earth is waiting for the revealing of the sons of God. We are the, the, the ones who carry the fragrance of heaven in our lives. But our, we are so naturally minded that our natural mind is keeping us down. It's restricting us. It's limiting what God can do because the things God's trying to do through us. But every time he tries to do it, our natural mind pulls us back into the natural world. He says, I just don't see how that can happen. See, God's trying to train us in his word. He's trying to bring us to a place where we understand there's more than just the natural realm. There's the realm of God. There's the heavenly realm. And we've got to stop 
trying to interpret everything in the word of God through the eyes of the natural and begin to see what God is saying. Let this get God open up the, the, the power of the realm of God to us so we can understand it. I'm not talking weird here. I'm talking Bible. This is all over the Bible. See, this discussion goes on. They, 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 in verse 42, they've just said, well, you know, that's Joseph. How, 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 how come he, he's not the bread from heaven? I mean, I don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, he's had some, too much of something to eat. They can't comprehend what he's saying on a spiritual level. They're interpreting all on, it all on a natural level. There's many people that read the Bible like that. There's theologians that read the Bible like that. They read everything through the eyes of a natural mind, and they try to fit everything into a natural understanding. This is why they can't understand certain Bible concepts, and they fight and they resist certain Bible concepts because it doesn't take, make any sense to their natural mind. Anyway, the discussion goes on in verse 50. Jesus is talking, he says, this is the bread which comes down from heaven. He's talking about the heavenly realms. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, that one may eat, that, that one may eat of it and not die. If you take a bite of this bread, you ain't dying. <laughs> well, that doesn't make much sense to the natural. Verse 51, I am the living bread. Here it is again, which came down from heaven. Where did he come from? The realm of God, the heavenlies. If anyone eats of this bread, he'll live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world. So here he's talking heavenly things again. Notice what happens in verse 52. The Jews therefore quarreled among themselves. They're hearing Jesus talking about, you're going to eat my flesh. I'm bread. I came down from heaven. Come eat my flesh. And their natural minds are going, what? We're not cannibals. And, look, and they, they quarreled, they argued. And it says, here's this thing, the same question, how? Keep saying, how's that going to happen? Yeah, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? What's happening? They are trying to understand what he's saying from a natural perspective. They, try, they, they can't see the heavenly angle on it. So they're filtering through a natural mind and trying to figure out how it's going to happen. And in fact, what happens next? The Bible says people got offended from him and he lost half the crowd. They left. Not everybody gets excited when you talk heavenly stuff. See, the natural mind can't, can't handle heavenly things. You've got to make a decision. I'm either going to be naturally minded or I'm going to be spiritually minded. I'm either going to catch a, catch a vision of the possibility of what the word is showing, or I'm going to try to understand everything in the Bible from a natural perspective and explain it all away. There's an abundance of ministers, theologians, and Christians that do that. But I want to, I want to catch a vision of what God is actually saying. Catch an understanding of the heavenly words. Gee, in fact, right here. John 6, 63, Jesus said, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they're life. They're not natural words. Can't understand them just trying to filter them through the natural head. He wasn't talking natural things. That's why they got upset and they left. I've got some more things I want to show you today. Don't, don't tune out yet. This is the, I've, got, I've got a couple more things. Matthew 16. 
Matthew 16. Hi, everybody. I'm seeing all the highs and the amens. Good to see you all. Matthew 16. This, this, now, this happens with Jesus' disciples. Matthew 16 and verse 5 says, Now, when, when his disciples had come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. So they're crossing over to the other side and they suddenly realize we didn't bring bread with us. So in the natural, they had lack. They didn't have any bread. And as they realize they don't have any bread, Jesus speaks to them and he says this. Then Jesus said to them, take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Now, leaven is connected to bread. So now Jesus wasn't talking bread, but their minds took what Jesus said and tried to understand it according to the natural situation. They couldn't, they didn't realize he's talking heavenly things. Yeah, they got a hold of the natural perspective. And they, they don't have any bread, and Jesus is talking leaven. So he must be referring to our lack of bread. And it says in verse 7, they reasoned among themselves, saying, it's because we've taken no bread. Now notice reason, the mind, the natural mind kicks in and tries to understand what Jesus is saying in terms of the natural perspective and the natural situation. It's because we've got no bread. Verse, verse 8, Jesus speaks again and says, But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, O ye of little faith. Now, any time Jesus comments on little faith, pause. Ask yourself, what in this passage is causing Jesus to refer to little faith being present? If Jesus comments on it, he's not just throwing out a slang phrase just for the sake of it. There's something going on here that is showing Jesus they've got little faith. Oh, ye of little faith. So let's think about the situation. What is going on? Well, a couple of things. They don't have any bread. They're in lack. Okay. Second of all, they're trying to understand what he is saying through a natural mind. They cannot see the, the, what he's saying from a spiritual perspective. So they're trying to filter everything through the natural mind, and it makes no sense to them what he's saying. And they're reasoning. They're caught up here. Their natural mind is placing a limitation on, on what they can see. All they can see is the natural lack, their lack of bread. Now notice what Jesus said. Oh, you have little faith. First of all, why do you reason? among yourselves because you have no bread then jesus refers to two miracles and he says this do you not yet understand or remember the five loaves of the five thousand and how many baskets you took up and the seven loaves for the four thousand and how many large baskets you took up what does jesus do here think about this they've got no bread jesus begins to talk about two miracles where god provided miraculous provision what is he saying to his disciples you've seen god do miracles and yet the moment a situation of lack comes up all you can see is the lack you can't see the possibility of what god could do god multiplied bread last time and yet you've lost sight of that you can't see what the realm of god can do in this situation all you can see is my lack that's what Jesus said, you're faithless. He said, you have little faith. 
you're limited by the lack of the natural because you've lost sight of a God who's miraculously provided for you on other occasions. Why? Stuck in the natural mind. They reasoned out. All they could see was the natural. They couldn't see the possibility of what God could do because they were naturally minded. That's why Jesus said you've got little faith. See, the more we're stuck in the natural mind, the less our faith can function, the more limited our faith will be. As long as we try to reason everything out and see everything and understand everything through the eyes of the natural mind, we're never going to step into the type of faith that God wants us to walk in. Our faith is going to be capped. It's going to be limited. If you look at your condition, you look at the fact that you're in a wheelchair, you don't have any legs, and you look at that and you just can't see, see God throwing those legs out. Because in the natural, everything says it can't happen. Then you're trying to understand God in terms of the natural realm. And your faith is limiting him. Amen. So this, this, this series, so I was trying to read some of the comments there. This series is about helping you to understand that, that God doesn't function. Well, he operates, he can do things in the natural realm, but he is not in the natural realm. He functions in a different realm. He functions in a realm that is higher, that supersedes this realm. And if we always try to limit God to what the natural mind tells us can be done, we're never going to step into functioning in, in the type of faith God wants us to function in. The type of faith where Jesus said to his disciples, you speak to that mountain, the mountain will move. People look at that and they try to filter it through the natural mind. They say, oh yeah, Jesus was talking about a figurative mountain. You know what that interpretation is? That's the natural mind trying to fit the words of Jesus into a box my natural mind can comprehend because we cannot see what he's talking about. We're limiting him. That is little faith. We're limiting what Jesus said to a way that our natural mind can comprehend it. People do this with the Bible all the time. That's why they explain scriptures away. That's why when God says, ask of me, I'll give it to you. People say, oh, no, yeah, but that, that, that. And they try to explain it away in the natural. Because their natural mind's trying to pull God down to our level into a box we can comprehend based upon natural law. He doesn't function in this realm. He's in the realm of God. Amen. I'm going to read some of these comments afterwards. I can see a discussion going on, but I'm going to read them afterwards and comment on them because uh, there's quite a lot there. I'd have to pause and sit and read it all right now. Let's, uh, let's go to one more scripture before we finish. Romans chapter 8. I'm just going to touch on this today, and then we're going to explore this more as we begin to look in this series. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 6. Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 6 says this. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds, mind, on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. In other words, the phrase follows through, set their minds on the things of the spirit. You can be 
naturally minded and set your mind on natural things or you can be spiritually minded and set your mind on spiritually things and see things from a spiritual perspective but a lot of people are their minds are set on the things of the flesh all the time that's why they they cannot see the possibilities of what god can do and he says this four now, the word for is a reason word. In, in other words, it follows on from what he's just said. This isn't a disconnected phrase. He's just talked about people who live according to the flesh, or let's say according to the natural world, and they set their minds, their thinking is based only on the natural world. They live according to the flesh. They set their minds on the things of the flesh. And verse 6, for to be carnally minded is death. In other words, carnally minded is connected directly to what he just said in verse 5. People who always set their mind on the natural. He says, if you live your life like that, if you live your life where, where all you can see is things from the natural perspective and your whole mind limits you to the natural, he says, all you're going to find has the power to function in your life is the power of death. If you want the power of life, an anointing released into your life, then it, you've got to go with the next phrase. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Something's got to change here. This is where we're limiting God. This is where we're becoming faithless and little faith. When God says things, our mind tries to interpret it. Just like the passages I read you. And we scratch our head and we say, I just don't see how that can happen. We can't see the possibilities of what God's trying to do because our natural mind limits us. And as long as we continue to function by that limitation, we're never going to get a hold of the realm of God and walk in the glory realm. God wants us to. God wants, God wants the, the, the sons of God revealed. He has called us to function in his realm on this natural earth. For his power to flow through us. The Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That's not natural. That's the realm of God. The anointing of God flowing through our hands. Changing things in the natural. That's because we're in contact with, we're in touch with the heavenly realm. The realm of God is flowing through us. The anointing of God. But this is limiting us. Right here. The natural mind. We've got to have some changes up there. Our mind has got to become expanded by the truths of the word to begin to see the possibilities of what can happen when the realm of God comes into contact with the natural world. Miracles happen. Amen. So now I've only just introduced this series today. I'm just throwing out a few things there's a whole stack of stuff that's on my heart that i want to go through we're going to go through scriptures we're going to look at some things but i just wanted to introduce this tonight but i want you to encourage to, 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 to come back i know many of you come every week get into these add this on top of some of the series we've already been doing on miracles we've we've been on the miraculous for about three months now or more possibly but this is coming at things from another angle but we want to understand Start to see things from a heavenly perspective. Start to step out of the, the limitations of the natural mind. Now, like I said, when you're dealing with your job and you're dealing with your kids, you don't got to think natural things like that. You don't float on clouds. Okay? 
in terms of the things of God, in terms of prayer, in terms of understanding the anointing and the flow of God and the miraculous through our minds, through our lives, if we're restricted to the natural mind all the time, we're going to limit what God can do in our lives. And something's got to change. Otherwise, we're going to limit faith. We're going to limit what our faith can achieve. So this series is going to help people do this. But we need to realize this here, this is becoming the barrier that's stopping people functioning in the realm of God like God wants them to. Amen. So let's just close in prayer and then I'll read some of the comments that have been made there afterwards because there's a big discussion going on. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the truths of your word. And Father, I pray that you'll help us to, to understand the realm of God and to begin to realize there's more than just a natural realm. There's the heavenlies, the heavenly places. The Bible talks about where God is, where, where, the, where God functions. Help us to, to get a vision and to get, to get an understanding and to begin to see. Open our eyes to, to beyond the natural, beyond just natural laws and natural limitations. To begin to realize what happens when God flows through our lives. Help us to see the possibilities as we study this. And I thank you, Father God, that as we can stop being so naturally, carnally minded and trying to filter everything through the natural mind and begin to understand and see the word of God from a spiritual perspective with a heavenly mindset, I thank you we're going to be able to step into greater things. And I thank you for that. And we give you the glory and the honor. Thank you that you have revealed these things to us in your word and help us to get a hold of them and to walk in them in Jesus' name. Amen. So God bless you. Good to see you all. And um, exactly, seeing some of the comments there. Not seeing ourselves just from the perspective of the flesh, but in the realm of the spirit. And become heavenly minded. There's got to be a mindset change here. This, the, the natural mind, is limiting a lot of people and what God can do in their lives. And it's keeping them stuck in their situations. Until we can take that limitation off and begin to comprehend what can happen when the realm of God comes into contact with the natural realm. Amen. So God bless you. I appreciate you sharing these teachings as well. And uh, you can find these uh, from the shores.com slash live. In fact, it's on the screen there is where you can you can give that link to people because that has the links to the Facebook, the YouTube, everything. It's all on that one page. So if you share that link with people, if you want to get them into these live teachings, that's the link to share. God bless you. And we will see you all again next, next Tuesday at the same time.